Man, I'm so, okay. So here's the conversation tonight, friends, all right? So I'm with my man, Jay English. He is one of our Fuel Network leaders. And so um, here's, I want to set this conversation up, Jay, and then I want you to share about all that you're doing because uh, what you're doing, uh, where God has led you, how you're using your giftings is actually massively important for the kingdom. So uh, if you give me a second, let me just set it up for the people watching and those who are going to watch a little bit later. So friends, we know that that 1.2 million young people are leaving the church every year. And they're leaving the church because they're not compelled by uh, the the life that they're seeing. Now, one of the strategies of God, and and I know you know this, Jay, because you and I, we we had a bunch of uh, conversation, kingdom conversations, man. But one of the strategies of God is this, is that if we actually live out his teachings, it's going to be one of the best evangelistic uh, tools to, to catch the next generation coming up, right? And so here's here's how he, he works it right. So God throughout the entire scripture uh, uh, talks about justice. I mean, he ta- you cannot escape it from from the beginning of the Bible to the end of it, where God talks about justice, the righteousness of God, and um, and if we actually enact that, live that out, fight for what's right, fight for those who are who are hurting, who are suffering. If we suffer with others, like Christ suffered with us, and we live that out, not only will that will that show what the kingdom is like here in this world, but it will be a, a witness to this next generation coming up. And we got to be real honest, friends, right? You know, in our country right now, a large majority of the church has misunderstood or just plain ignored what the Bible actually has to say about that. Now, how does that have to do with Jake? Here's what here's what it is, man. So we need to as 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 leaders who are pouring into this next generation and and living out and giving the gospel to this next generation, we need to actually live out this kingdom understanding and see la justicia de Dios, the righteousness of God in the streets with our students, um, showing them what the kingdom of God looks like. And the kingdom of God does not tolerate police brutality. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't tolerate violence against against people. It doesn't tolerate poverty. It doesn't tolerate um, hate uh, towards immigrants. It doesn't. It, that's not part of the kingdom of God. And then us as the people of the kingdom of God, we get to join in with what God's doing so that other people can see it. And so that this next generation goes, hey, your gospel must mean something because it makes sense in the world we're living in right now. And so my man, Jay, here, I've asked him to uh i think john brown connected us, right, bro? he did i blame him for all of yeah that. <laughs> uh, all of it bro all of it man and i got to go to israel with john and he hooked me up he's like hey you got to know this leader so we had a couple conversations and i just out the gate i was like hey uh jay man i could, will you be one of our leaders and open up a network in milwaukee and you've been you've been there for years doing work so you laid all the groundwork we're just coming alongside to support but Jay, your heart, right, um, is really about racial reconciliation, and and part of that is when everything went down with the Maud Arbery, then you had George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. I mean, the list goes on and on, and way before that. I mean, it it's been it's been a long time, long history of this, um, and then now your city is on was in flames because of Jacob Blake, who miraculously survived. 
uh, po another police shooting. And so, man, can you just tell us, man, as you've been leading all these youth and you've been in the church and you have your own nonprofit organization in plain English and you're doing all this stuff, but God has really prepared you for this moment in time, brother. Can you share a little bit about what, what you've been up to during this whole time, especially during this pandemic? Yeah, man, look, I almost don't know where to start. I, I can't believe it's only been like six months. It feels like it's been five years, um, this pandemic. Seriously. My time is all off. I don't know what day it is. Um, everything is crazy. But going back to what you talked about in March, where you had those deaths, Amara Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, uh, that there's still been no justice for. And then you had, um, you know, the last death with George Floyd. Immediately after that, man, I, I was just angry. Um, I was hurt. I was mad. I was upset. And I went online just to share with my white brothers and sisters, man, folks I went to school with. I got a lot of amazing friends, a lot of amazing pastors I work with. But a lot of them don't they don't know, you know, and people don't know what they don't know. So it became something like I've got to share. I'm doing everything everybody says not to do to not have issues with race, but I'm still having them. Uh, if you mm -hmm. know me, you know I'm not about that life. I'm not out here causing problems and issues, but I'm still facing these difficulties. Explaining how it feels as a black man living in America. Great country, but man, we got a lot of work we still need to do. Um, trying to help people understand the history of what's happened and how we've gotten here. So we, we launched, you know, just kind of start running down some of the things that, that started happening. We launched a nonprofit a year ago called Plain English, and the goal was to be a bridge between the suburban white America and the urban inner cities. Um, we just see such mm. a big gap between the two. You know, literally, I call it the two worlds. Is we talk different, we walk different, um, how we interact looks different. Being successful sometimes can look different. Things that make me successful here, mm. hanging out with people on the streets or hanging out with young people, I can take that to corporate if I want to and see how long I last. Um, <laughs> just the reality of it. So we wanted to bridge that gap. That was the launch of the nonprofit, having these conversations around racial reconciliation. Um, I was already a part of the Milwaukee Declaration, which is an amazing group of like, man, I think we're 30 plus pastors uh, from across Milwaukee County, mm -hmm. all denominations, all colors. We've been trying to move the needle on racism, man, since 2016, when you had uh, the shooting of Seville Smith. So mm -hmm. that was going on. I'm a part of that. Uh, then we launched Neil for Nine. So that was a completely separate movement that we decided to do. Like, man, there's so many people that feel the way we feel, but don't know what to do or how to go about it. And we saw protesting leading a lot of people to more division, if that makes sense. <laughs> We're trying to protest, man, to come together yeah. and to see equality. And it's like pushing people apart. So we launched Neil for Nine, which was an opportunity for people who felt the way we did. This is wrong. People need to know about it. Let's go out and kneel for nine minutes in honor of, uh, you know, in remembrance of what happened to George Floyd. That went national. We weren't expecting that at all. Um, but that picked up a lot of traction, lost a Facebook page. We've been doing education on that. So that's been our three mm. points of kneel for nine is uh, police reform. We love police officers. Please. I want to make sure I say this for everybody. I love the police. Somebody breaking my house right now. I'm calling the police. <laughs> but All right. as a police officer, as a dentist, or as a doctor, or as a bus driver, if you mess up, you should be held accountable. That's all we're saying. Officers who abuse their authority should be held accountable. Uh, we're also bringing 
black and white people together specifically to have these conversations. So that's been a large part of plain English. I'm going into corporate environments, into churches, one on one sometimes, Facebook Live, wherever I got a platform that I can jump on to help explain what's happening, how we got here, uh, having, we, we had a, what was it, two weeks ago, we did a, just a round table with a multicultural leadership team we have for Neil for Nine, just to talk about what's happening and what's going on. Uh, we're continuing that. So actually next Wednesday, one of the lead team members, Shauna Washington, is actually going on with a bunch of women to talk about the racial divide amongst women. So like we're pushing content mm-hmm. through that manner. Um, <laughs> we've got all type of stuff lined up, man. So it's like it's it's all day, every day. That's happening. I'm working with you. You know, I'm just adding this to the list. You know, we launched the network here in Milwaukee. I started connecting yeah. with other people that love young people because our issues in the urban environment look very different. And man, what this COVID thing is doing to us here in Milwaukee, I don't know how many of you all know, man, we already had the largest education gap in the nation. Like not Wisconsin. Nationwide, we have the largest education gap mm-hmm. between the inner city and the rest of the state. Mm. Coming together with, man, it was principals on the line. We had teachers. We had youth pastors. Like, it's all type of people. We're getting together every couple of months um, to talk, to strategize, to share, to vent sometimes, but to try to see what are things that we can do or how can we be of help. Because um, it's a lot of young people that that gap is only going to grow wider during this time. Absolutely, man. I mean, this is what I'm talking about, friends. If if you're listening to Jay talk, um, it it just feels like, Jay, like God was preparing you. You you didn't know everything was going to blow up in 2020, that it was going to be the worst year of our lives. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like for reals. And and you didn't know that. But God was preparing you, man. And and like even like launching you out to to like prep on all this, because you said you started playing English a year ago. You know what I mean? And so it's like, hey, the felt feel like we should do this. And you already dialed in. Tell me a little bit about um, why do you think it's important that that we reach the young people with some of this understanding? Uh, number one, they feel very differently than a lot of the rest of the world. Um, if you look at the rioting and the protesting, mm. and first of all, most of the protesting is peaceful. I would do want to make sure you know that. But most of the protesting, yeah. and most of even the rioting or whatever is young people. It is young folks who is like, look, we sick of it. We tired of it. You all had your chance to fix this. You telling me you did this back in the 60s. You did this again in the 90s. Now it's 2020. Mm. We're still here. So they're saying we're going to do it our way now. And it's looking very differently. You know, they're they're about that life. Um, they were organized. Yeah. They, social media. We didn't have social media back in the 90s, man. We couldn't organize like this. <laughs> Tommy, I've been trying to call you on a payphone and have you hit me on my pager. <laughs> <laughs> be like, hold up, man. I'll catch the bus, bro. I'll be right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's different. I'm saying. You know, there, there is not just an anger. It's I'm not taking this. I'm not going to be what maybe African-Americans are used to being portrayed as in the past of going through the civil rights. You look at the city-ins, you look at the, the marches and all these things. They're saying, hey, we're going to make change, and you are going to hear us. You're not going to shut us down. You're not going to make us be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, we will fight back. You know, hey, if you abuse me, I'm going I'm to I'm treat you the same way you treat me. It's a very different yeah. world. In their world, respect is earned. It is not given. 
Yeah, no, that's so good. And that's really, friends, What and I, I agree with everything you're saying, Jay. And the big thing is this. Another thing that this young this next generation coming up is asking for. They're, like, pleading for it. They want mentors. Like, this is, like, we've looked at studies. They're like, yeah, I want somebody to mentor me. Like, show me show me how to do this. And, and yet, you have the institution of the church that our main thing is supposed to be mentorship. We call it discipleship, but that's what that is, right? mentoring these young people and man and and yet we've put them we put them to the side right I, like youth groups are always like the the underfunded not dealt with just don't mess with the church carpet like don't and then so so there's that piece and then you got a large part of the church that's like whoa like you know i don't know about this justice stuff and your social gospel and and i'm going guys this next generation is telling us they're like, we don't buy it. And when I say 1.2 million people, young people have left the church, I'm talking about they were in the church. I'm not talking about people like, nah, man, I don't know your your gospel or your theology. It's like people that like, yeah, I went, I went to church for 10 years, five years, grew up at that church. And, and, that, and they're still like, doesn't have anything to offer yes. me? Like, to, to me, Jay, what you're up to and what God's doing in Milwaukee is so indicative of this new movement of what the church is going to look like. Like, it's it's the marrying together of that. And what I love is that your heart is still reconciliation because you said, hey, I'm, we've been reaching out to all these white folks to be like, hey, let's have some conversations. Let's talk about differences. Let's, um, in, my, in my language, I talk about like, let's learn how to suffer together. Because one of the things that, that kills me the most, Jay, is that you have a large part of the body of Christ in the United States that looks at the pain of another part of the body of Christ, another group of people that are made in the image of God, and they, they discount their pain. And that I just go, how unchristian is that? Thank you. Like, Thank you. It's amazing. It blows my mind. I'm like, how? I, me neither. But... So tell me about this, like, but yet you are like, no, I want to help reach some of those people, right? When you're like, yeah, all right, church, let's talk about this. So tell me a little bit about your, like, what's, what's your heart for the church? Like, what would you hope to see? And, and shoot, talk about it, like, you know, in Milwaukee. Like, what do you want to see there? Because we're, you know, from around the nation, we're watching. Yeah. Right? And and we're seeing the insane stuff that's going on there. You've you got this 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 shooter that goes in and starts killing protesters you you have right you have you have some riots but you have all these protests but but you're on the ground bro so one tell me what are you seeing on the ground and then two what is your hope for the church in milwaukee yeah so man what i'm seeing on the ground i'm actually seeing a lot of people a lot of people are coming together and working together in a lot of ways um it's organizations coming yep. together it's churches are open in a way I've never seen to to working together, um, to trying to mm. learn from each other, to try to, to, to have conversations. Pastors are coming together and sitting down with conversations with each other. Um, it's it's a lot of love right now. You go out into some of these protests, man, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's a lot of love at the protests. Um, people yeah. is like, look, we're here for it. And if I'm real honest, as a black guy, this is a wonderful time right now. When I see white people out here willing to take some hits for somebody to look like me. <laughs> I went and hung out at a, uh, there's a Neil for Nine that goes on every day at 5.30 here in Milwaukee. 
Um, it's a group. It's a whole wow. neighborhood. Like anywhere from 40 to 60 people to come to the same corner every night at 530. And I went to go hang out. And I'm like, man, this sounds amazing. Uh, we became really good friends with one of the people that helps organize it. And I'm the only like chocolate piece out there, man. For real. I'm the <laughs> only one. And, you know, we're out there kneeling. Um, you know, some people have their fists up. And some guy drove by and he starts yelling out the window, like, all lives matter. Bro, I didn't even get to say nothing. Like, white people was, all lives don't matter till black lives matter. And I was like, <laughs> we're all the uh, here. I'm like, for real? Like, for real? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing a lot of love. Um, a lot of the anger that's coming from the other side, it's a lot of loud people, but I don't think their numbers are as, as numerous as you may believe. It really is a lot of good yeah. people out here. Um, so that's what I'm seeing kind of on the ground floor. I love that. A lot of great work happening. I've even got a meeting tomorrow with one of the one of the organizations that's handling a lot of the disaster relief in Kenosha. Mm -hmm. So I'm meeting with them just yeah. to try to see, you know, what what can we do collectively? Are there things maybe I can provide or that we can provide through our network or through the nonprofit or whatever? Um, just trying to come together and see how we can help, man, because Kenosha was home. Um, from the church standpoint, now here's and you and I had this conversation. So I struggle. I struggle. Look, y'all, I'm still saved. I love Jesus. I really do. Um, yeah. Speak on it. We talking about the difference between young people leaving the church. So you got to understand the two different speeds that the world moves at. There's the speed of everybody uh, who's not on social media and who does not have phones attached to their hands. Then there's the speed of young adults and, and youth who literally their culture mm. is on fast forward. Their terminology changes in days, you know, stuff that you posted on social media like two days ago might as well be three, four years ago. Um, the information yeah. that they're getting is at a constant stream. And I feel like we as a church, we're not keeping up. So oh, most yeah. of us, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak generally for a lot of youth pastors. So if, if I'm lying for some of y'all, I'm sorry, but I'm going to speak for the rest of us. Um, you're, you're dealing <laughs> with young people who everything's moving very quickly. Everything. But the church is still doing the same stuff it's been doing. And then you've got to disconnect because typically we as youth pastors, we're on the ground floor. We're chasing after the kids, especially those of us that's out chasing the community kids. Our approach to church looks different. How we preach, yeah. how we communicate, how we interact, like relationship is everything. All this stuff, unfortunately, looks very different than what we call big church when you go in on Sunday mornings which is very different. It's very consumer driven. It's very come in, have a seat, sit down for this hour and a half, sit down for this two hours, listen, yeah. don't talk, don't move around. And they like, man, I don't want nothing to do with that. Um, that's, that's boring. And I'm sorry, I'm not saying the gospel's boring, but I'm saying that the presentation is hurting us. I'm 40 years old. Yeah. Tommy, I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jesus. No, man, no, I'm a pastor too, bro, and I'm struggling. So, yeah, I feel like, you. You know, yeah. the way stuff is moving and the way things are operating, like, you know, I go to church and I sit down for two hours and I'm like, man, I want to interact with people. Like, we got all these folks together. I want to hang out. I want to talk. I want to see how their life is. I want to find out what's going on. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the pastor just talked about? And there's none of that. Like, it's none of that. So every church yeah. I go to, man, Here's how I feel. I go in. I already know. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to say hi to a couple of folks. We're going to do worship for about 20, 30 minutes. It's probably going to be some songs I don't know that well. So I got to look at the screens so I can read the words. Um, we're going to have, you know, quick announcements. We're going to do some. We're going to do offering. We definitely going to do offering.
The pastor's going to yeah. speak a word. We're going to have altar call. I know somebody going to get up and sing a song, uh, you know, to touch my heart. And then we're going to go home. I'm struggling yep. because when I look outside the church and I see what's happening in the community, um, one of my big things right now, like pastors, our job is to present the word of God in a way that deals with people's life. You know, that's what Jesus did, man. He told parables. Uh, the things he taught was based on the culture that he was walking in, where he was at. If they were yeah. farmers, he talked farming. You know, if they were family, he talked that. You know, he talked in terms that they understood based on where they were from. Paul, great, in my mind, the greatest missionary ever. Paul did the exact same thing, man. When he wrote letters to certain churches, it looked very different. When he went to certain places, he spoke very differently. How he spoke in Athens looked very differently than how he spoke in Corinthians because he knew I got to gear this message towards the culture that I'm dealing with. He tells us that if we're going to win a soul, you know what? I've got to do some things a little differently. I got to be all things to all men so that some might be saved. And if I'm honest with you, man, I'm disappointed in, in some churches, not all, some churches where I don't see that. I'm just, well, we just got to preach Jesus. That's what the church been doing. Like, we haven't stopped doing that. I'm talking about how <laughs> we preach Jesus. How do you present him? Yeah. How do you make Jesus real to a young person coming in off the street that just got through marching? To somebody that just saw police yep. brutality live on TV? to somebody that's been ostracized or going through oppression or dealing with the worst education gap in the nation or dealing with high incarceration rates or dealing with all these things that are real life. And we got pastors saying, well, I don't want to talk about that because, you know, I don't want to go into that, that part of the, that's Bible. You don't want to talk. Yeah. Social justice is biblical. You can go to Psalms when the Bible says that the two pillars of God's throne are righteousness and justice but we want to get rid of one of those and just preach righteousness you losing a lot of young people man because they looking at that saying you know it's a whole lot of folks in the world that's willing to rock with me and make me feel welcome but when i come to the church i'm i'm having problems oh yeah man no i mean all, all that bro and that's what I, you know our hope for the church jay is that um that we can imagine a different type of church. I'm not trying to change the gospel. I'm not trying to change scripture, but I think God's calling us to something. We're in the midst of, of an amazing transformation right now. This next iteration of the, of the church, it's a, it's a church renewal movement. And, and I think the way I look at God's strategy is he's like, if you actually live out my teachings, you don't have to come up with like cool tracks or get more smoke or more lasers at your, at your church service to try to keep the kids in. You can actually just like invite them into the work that I'm doing. That's the discipleship piece, right? That's the mentoring piece. And that's what I love about what you do. Hey, you were sharing about, um, um, and Neil for nine, by the way, brother, like you hit me up. And I, I, I was like, let's go. And I grabbed my church and we went down to our city hall. And man, same thing, man. It was a beautiful moment of just going, hey, we're in solidarity. You know, with our with our black brothers and sisters and and those who are oppressed. And so it was it was beautiful, man. So thank you so much for for inviting me in on that, man. I felt like, man, this is. And when I told people, I said, hey, a friend of mine is in Milwaukee yeah. and he's invited us to do this, man. Let's let's just let's stand with him or let's kneel yes. with him, really. So um, but what I loved about when you talk about that, a whole neighborhood does that every every day, every day. 
at five o'clock. Five thirty every day. What I love about that is when when Jesus walked around, and I love how he contextualized things. When Jesus walked around, he would be like, "Well, all right, the kingdom of God is like, uh, oh, it's like you know, he finds a mustard plant, or he, you know what I mean, or whatever it is." And I feel like when he shared that story, I feel like that would, Jesus would have been walking and, and seen somebody stand up for somebody else when 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 something was was said that wasn't right. And there's a lot of intricacies, intricacies, you know, intricacies to that and whatever. But we know it wasn't right and it, it wasn't full of love. And I feel like Jesus would just been like, yeah, the kingdom of God is like that. That's what that looks like. And this is what our young people need to see, man. And so, Jay. Thank you, brother, for like just continuing to stand in the gap, answering God's call. And we're really excited, man, to um, to, to rock with you, man, to support you, to, to, to platform you, to tell people about you, to to get you that support, because we believe these things are, are intricately linked. And so um, tell, tell the people, you know, because a bunch of people are going to check this out afterwards. Um, if 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 a church or a denomination or a nonprofit or a corporation or a business needs some of that training, you know, around racial reconciliation or around, maybe you have some other names for it. Some of the trains you yeah. do can, share with the people, man, like how, how can they find you guys? How can they support you? How can they hire you? And I said it, hire this man. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, Cause he just ventured out and, and he's doing it, man. And it matters. It matters so much. Where can they find some more information? Bro? Man, look, you can go straight to our website, which is plain English, Inc. Plain English, Inc.org. Um, you can send me an email info at plain English, Inc.org. And I'll okay. happily respond to that. So the reality is that, God is crazy, man. I wrote like, man, I've called it a curriculum almost of here's the things that I've learned by just living life, specifically working in Milwaukee, dealing with the urban world, but also having to navigate this other world. Here are the things that I feel a lot of Caucasians specifically really should know and need to know hmm. um, about how we got here, what's going on, what's happening and how we collectively, we can do a better job working together than we ever could by separating and being divided. So I wrote, a, it's, yeah. it's basically five sessions that I offer and that I do. Um, and it teaches on who we are, man. What are our cultural biases? Cause we all got them. We all have them. Um, it talks about some of the things that's happening. You know, I got one called free your mind and that just gets you ready for diversity. Uh, that one comes from, you know, when we had, I love the movie, the matrix. So it was that opportunity of you gonna take this red pill or you gonna take this blue pill and stay in the matrix knowing that this is not the real world. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so I'm trying to get folks to come into yep. the real world, man. Come learn the other side of this coin. Come learn the history that your books never told you or that your teachers in history class never talked to you about that helped us get here. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's dealing with some of these realities. It's going through the history of not just slavery, but redlining. Man, the history of oh, yeah. the Jim Crow, history of the laws that were passed, the government things that have happened, the massacres of black civilizations that were already being ostracized. Yeah. And the minute they started being successful, someone would come in from the outside and not just burn down the city, but kill all the inhabitants yeah. so that all of the knowledge was lost. Like, it's not just an yep. economic divide. It's a knowledge divide. We've lost so many hundreds mm. of thousands of African-Americans who are doing incredible things. That wealth could have been passed down. That knowledge could have been passed down. All yeah. these things that we're missing. So I'm here to help 
my job is to go after hearts, man. I feel like I'm just trading one pulpit for another. Um, I know that a lot of people that do diversity training, and I'm not against that. Um, but I feel like in this environment, we got to go after hearts. We got to really help people understand. We got to engage both your mind and your heart. It has to be mm. both a thought process and an emotional connection that says, I want to build relationship with people that don't look like me, with people that don't come from my world, with people that maybe don't even understand what I'm doing or that I don't even understand what they're doing. And you know what's real funny? That whole conversation lines up with the church. That's how we win souls. It's the same thing. Yeah. I got to go out here. I got to build a mm. relationship. I got to learn from them. That's what Jesus did. And that's what just, that's what I'm trying to do, man. Jesus went out. He talked to people when nobody else would talk to. He always asked them questions to learn more about who they were first. Like he never just hit them with, here's what you need to know. He would start asking, Hey, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about your husband. <laughs> oh, uh, you yeah. know, well, I got, you know, uh, well, the one I'm with, you're not with my husband. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Cause you didn't have five of them bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude like so uh, that's good man at. um it's engaging it's me just being me but it's coming in and let's have some fun let's laugh about some of this stuff let's take a very serious topic and engage in it in a way that people can get it yeah. it's a safe place to even ask the questions that maybe you feel like you've never been able to ask before you know maybe you don't have the friends or maybe you just don't feel like man if i say that somebody's gonna get angry I don't get angry. I'm not here to get mad. I'm here to answer. Because if you can ask the question and I can answer it, we just made a friend, we just formed a relationship, and now we can do some work. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, man. And so, friends, uh, Jay English, this is one of our leaders. He's the one running our fuel network in Milwaukee, which I also think you told me, man, there, there's you haven't at least found another like urban youth ministry network that's been in Milwaukee. Is that right? I didn't even, I didn't right. even know this so, thing existed, man. We was talking about, like, <laughs> I'm so serious. Like, literally, when I was talking to P. John about this, it was, man, look, this is something that I think is needed, and I can't find it anywhere, you know? Um, there are plenty of networks yeah. and plenty of groups, and even, you know, I'm part of the Assembly of God. I'm a licensed minister for that. And there's there's organ there's parts of the organization that's strictly for, for youth and youth pastors. But when I go, yeah. man, if I'm honest, a lot of the things being talked about don't speak to my context. And that's the that's the, the hurtful part, not because they're doing it on purpose, but just that like, your problems aren't my problems. And then when I bring up my problems, you get that blank expression like, man, I'm so sorry you're dealing with that. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Well, brother, you found your community, Thank man, you. because we all, we're all coming from that same place. You know what I mean? Uh, like different hoods and barrios and from all over the country and um and, and you know it's just like you know it takes game to recognize game you know what i mean and so when you run across someone you're like hey I, I think you understand my pain or my suffering or at least you understand the context like that that means the world man and so here's what i believe though is that the future is young it's it's urban and it's multi-ethnic and, and internationally speaking it's not white globally when you look yep. at that and so that's why I think, man, uh, your leadership is so crucial. And, and these young people coming up are this is the future. And so all those other things are changing. And so, no, we can't do suburban youth ministry anymore. That doesn't even make sense to us. You know what I mean, like and it, and it doesn't fit. This is why all these young people are leaving. It doesn't fit 
what young people are experiencing. They're just like, that's, that's the disconnect. how does your Wednesday night game night make sense when I'm protest? Like, I don't get it. For me, I know that. And, we, was, and our gospel is really. That was a big part of the, the disconnect I was having was, you know, we were doing an outreach specifically for the community on Wednesday nights. And we were getting a lot of community kids. We couldn't, we could not translate what we were doing on Wednesday where they're showing up in droves on their own, yes. walking, biking, getting dropped off, taking the bus, whatever. We could not get any of them to show up on a Sunday morning. Um, yeah, they they were just like, I don't I don't want to come Sunday. Like, or if they did come, this ain't for me. You know, I can't, I, Pastor Jay, I can't, I can't do it, man. I see you on Wednesday, because um, yeah, it, it looked so different. It feel it felt different, and even kind of how our interaction, like everything, was based on the interaction and the conversation and really doing life. So that discipleship portion mm -hmm. that you're talking about. They want that. They really do. But they oh, want yeah. it authentically. They want to be able to ask the crazy question. They want to be able to see why do you believe what you believe. They want to be able to tell you that what you believe is crazy. Pastor Day, that's crazy, man. How you believe that some dude is sitting up somewhere answering prayer? And I'm cool with that question. Like, bro, look, let's pray right now for something that you need. Not what you want, something that you need. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If this dude no. somewhere yeah. don't make something happen, and when he do, you got to guarantee me you're going to come back and holler at me. It never yeah. fails, man, but it's, it's that interaction. Yeah, man. I love it, brother. Oh, hey, we're praying for you. We're supporting you. We're with you. We're for you. Uh, we always say we are you. You know what I mean? Like we're you got this whole network, brother, behind you of thousands and thousands of leaders that are cheering you on. Jay, thank you so much, brother. And so, guys, check out uh, what Jay uh, is doing in Milwaukee, um, Plain English Inc. Um, and uh, it's in the it's in the comments as well. And so, brother, thank you so much, man and friends. Um, if you were following our campaign during the summer, you got to see uh, different pictures of each one of our uh, network leaders. And so uh, Jay's holding it down for us, Milwaukee. So continue to pray for him in Milwaukee, pray for our country, um, and then pray for reconciliation because we, we have a lot of work to do, friends, and we are so glad and, and thankful and honored, Jay, that you're out on the front line, brother, and we get to, we get to just cheer you on and, and, and co-labor with you, man. So bless you, brother. Thanks for jumping on. Friends, thanks so much for uh, checking us out in our conversation. All right, brother. All right. Take care. All right, man. Peace, bro.